Let me share with you the subject matter today is this time a donkey, next time a horse. This time a donkey. Today is Palm Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. Today we remember, we celebrate the entry of Jesus into the wonderful city of Jerusalem over 2,000 years ago. The way people welcomed him stands as a model as it pertains to praise and worship even in difficult times. Matthew 21, let me read it for you and let me get into the word of God. As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethpage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them ahead. He told his disciples, go into the village over there. As soon as you, as soon as you enter, you will find a donkey that is tied up. Untie them and bring them to me. Untie them, loosen them and bring them to me. Let me read verse 4. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. I just want to remind everyone right now, I know we're living in difficult times, but I want to remind you the king is coming. The king is coming. The king is coming. He is humble riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. Right there, right there is the word. It's this time a donkey, next time a horse. The next thing people did is in, we find verse 8. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him. And others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession. He should always be in the center of our lives. In the center of our families, in the center of our homes, never in the margins, never at the extremes. When Jesus is the center of your home, your family, your marriage, your ministry, your finances, your thinking, your actions, your deeds, your interactions, your reactions, victory is guaranteed. When Jesus is the center, not the afterthought, but when Jesus is the center of your procession, you will always live in victory. Victory stands guaranteed when Christ is at the center of your procession. And all the people around him were shouting, praise be God for the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heaven. I want you to hear this. From the moment Matthew lays out the entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, he begins by juxtaposing the radical concept of redemption, of royal redemption or political revolution. Let me, point number one. Do you want a revolution or do you want redemption? What does that mean? The, the people of Israel were clamoring for, were hungry, were desiring for a revolution, a political revolution. So when Jesus stepped into Jerusalem, there were a group of individuals who believed this was the beginning of a de facto coup d'etat as it pertains to the Roman Empire. This is the moment we're going to be free from the political oppression of Caesar and Rome. So Jesus steps into Jerusalem, not on a horse, but on a donkey. And he came in there, not for the purpose of accomplishing a political revolution, but rather eternal redemption. Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes we seek a revolution when what we really need is redemption. Let me repeat that. Sometimes, sometimes we desire revolution when what we need is redemption. Redemption precedes revolution. What we need is not a political revolution. What we need is spiritual and eternal redemption. 
Christ came into Jerusalem, not for the purpose of initiating a political revolution, but for, for what? Catapulting humanity into the beauty of grace-filled, blood-atoning redemption. Lord, the power of God wants to enter your life to redeem you. You're looking for a radical revolution. He wants to redeem you. Redemption trumps revolution. That day, over 2,000 years ago, Jesus stepped into Jerusalem on a donkey. Not to usher in a revolution, a political, ideological revolution, but rather to initiate this beautiful process of redemption. It is to be redeemed. Your greatest descriptor... Your greatest nomenclature, your greatest attribute, your greatest adjective, what describes you? It's not that you're black, white, yellow, or brown. It's not that you're poor or rich. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat, liberal or conservative. The number one title that should be around your name is, I am redeemed. I am redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I am redeemed. I have been saved by the blood of the Lamb. I am redeemed. That powerful idea, by the way, re revolution is exercise. Revolution is a, an exercise that stems from the womb of those that are politically inclined. Revolution comes from the political womb. Redemption comes from the eternal king. And Matthew says, from the moment he stepped in, he was acknowledging the fact that he was already king. Timothy, the apostle Paul writing to Timothy, his protege, says the following in 1 Timothy 1.17. Now to the king that is eternal, who was always king, woo, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. What am I telling you? Zechariah, Isaiah, Matthew, and Paul all agree that God has always been the king. That Jesus is king. He was always the king. When he was born and placed in a manger, he was already king. When he was baptized in the Jordan, he was already king. When he was tempted in the wilderness, he was already the king. When he changed water into wine, he was already the king. No, I want you to get this. You and I did not make Jesus the king. He was already the king. When he prayed in Gethsemane, he was already the king. When he was crowned with a crown of thorns, he was already the king. When he said, I thirst, he was already the king. When he said, it is finished, it was the king who said, it is finished. When he died on the cross, and resurrected on the third day he was already a king and when he returns for his bride he will return as king of kings why should you care because you and I are not serving a religious figure, a revolutionary, an ideologue, a philosopher, or a mystic you and I are serving a king with a kingdom that has no end Woo! I dare you to open up your mouth and repeat after me I have no worries because Jesus is my king. And as long as my king is on the throne, all is well. I dare you to push back on the current reality and open up your mouth and say, all is well. Jesus is the king of my life. All is well. Jesus is the king over my marriage and my home, over my health, my finances, even my nation, my community. All is well. Push back. Push back on despair. Push back on panic. Push back on depression and anxiety right now and declare that Jesus is the king of your life. All is well. Number two, this is very important. 
Let me ask you a question. I asked you before, the first question is revolution or redemption? Three queries regarding this sermon today. The second query, the second question is the following. Who's your covering? Who's your covering? Let me explain. Let me read it. Matthew 21, verse 8. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. I want you to get this. This is what they did. Let me show you. Let me illustrate this. This is what they did. They took away their garments. What they had on them, what covered them from the elements. They took away their garments. And number one, they placed them on the road, not behind Jesus, but ahead of Jesus. You don't pick this up in a second. Ahead of Jesus. In other words, I'm going to place my coats, my garments, ahead of Jesus. And I'm going to cut the branches the branches covered them from the sun, protected them from the elements, so did the garments. They removed their covering in order to be exposed to his covering. They removed their covering, their garments, their vestiges of what they deemed to be a covering element, multiple elements, for the purpose of praising him. Every time you dispose yourself, every time you remove what you perceive to be your covering in order to be exposed to his sunlight, you're going to get this metaphorically, prophetically speaking. They literally removed their garments and they cut down the palm trees, the branches. In other words, they're exposed to the elements. It, praise exposes you to the grace of God. Praise exposes you to the presence of God. Praise exposes you to the grace and the gift and the glory of Jesus. And by the way, the wording is specific. They laid it out before him, not after the fact, before him. I need your praise to be activated before. There are people that praise God after the miracle, after their children are saved, after the breakthrough, after the addiction is broken, after light shines in the darkness. But biblically speaking, this Palm Sunday, I am reminded by this biblical passage that praise, worship, authentic worshipers do not just praise God after the fact. They praise him beforehand. Your praise should go ahead. Your praise should proceed. Your praise should go before Jesus. The reason why you and I praise and we worship the way we worship is because we understand that God inhabits the praises of his people. They praise. They literally laid out their worship before him. So he would step into their praise. I don't care what you're battling right now. I don't care what you're confronting. If you open up your mouth right now and give God your best praise, I challenge you to worship him right now. Pastor Sam, I'm in the midst of COVID-19. So is the entire world. But silence is not an option. Silence is not an option when we are aware of the fact that Christ paid it all, did it all for us. It's not what we do for God. It's what God already did for us. Praise goes ahead. Praise is not an afterthought. Praise is not the end of the book. Praise is the forward to a journey, to a narrative of grace that can only come through the work of Christ. It begins with praise. Jerusalem, that, 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 that what we call Palm Sunday, that entry into the final week, that Passion Week, began with a bunch of people removing their garments, cutting down branches before him. What are you willing to place before him today? What are you willing to cut off today? Again, you cut the branches. 
You remove your coat. What covered you? You're exposed. Are you willing to be exposed right now to the grace, the gift, and the glory of Jesus? Are you willing to expose yourself? Are you willing to do this? I am naked before you, God. I've covered myself with my ideas, with my solutions. I've covered myself with my energy, my strength. But now you're here. And I lay it all before you. God, will you cover me with your love? Will you cover me with your blood? Will you cover me with your joy? I need to be covered. Some of the greatest moments in life take place when we are exposed to the fullness of the love of Jesus. I would argue the greatest moment in your life is when you dare to remove the garments that have been on you for so long. When you're willing to cut off the superficial trappings of what we deem to be as legitimate covering. I know you get this. We love and we are praying for our governmental leaders. We're praying for each and every one of them. Governors, presidents, Congress people, we understand this. But we as, and I'm speaking as an American, we had all confidence in Uncle Sam that, no, if something ever happens, we have it all together. We discovered, and it has nothing to do with political party, across the board, multiple administrations. We understand that we were not prepared for this COVID-19. We thought we were covered. We thought we were perfectly covered. This is what we discovered. And Uncle Sam may be our uncle, but he will never be our heavenly father. That's what we discovered. We, we love our uncle, but he's not our heavenly father. Our true covering comes when we just cut, 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 remove, and come before the throne room of grace and go, can you cover me? I'm willing to be vulnerable. I'm willing to expose the authentic me, the transparent me, not the fake me, superficial me. Cover me. That's what this Palm Sunday is all about. Cutting the branches, removing the garment, removing the vestiges of our what we deem to be our covering in order to stand naked before him, transparent before him. Show him who you really are, who you think you really are, and he will show you who you he ordained and purposed you to truly be. Show him, show him, show him your weaknesses, and he will show you his strength. Show him your failures, and he will show you his forgiveness. Show him your past, and he will show you your future. Because it's not what you do for God, it's what he did for you. But are you willing to pave the road praise every time you remove your garments, you're praising him. Isaiah said this, I will remove from you the garment of despair. And I will replace it with a garment of praise. He's doing that right now. That garment of depression is coming off you. That garment of anxiety and fear and panic is coming off you. That garment of where's my money going to come from, that's coming off you. Because Philippians 4.19, he is your faithful provider. That garment, that garment of angst is coming off you right now as I speak. I sense the Holy Spirit. If that's you right now, I dare you to say, just repeat after me, my family is covered. Say, my home is covered. Praise activates the sovereignty of God. One more time, lift up your hands right there in your home. Praise exposes you to the presence of God, to the provision of God. Praise says, I am your subject. 
right now in Jesus' name. Know that God will never leave you exposed. You need to repeat after me right now and repeat those words. Say, my family is covered. My home is covered. My children covered. My destiny covered. My future covered. My health covered. Whatever it may be, say it right now. I am perfectly covered by the blood of the Lamb, by the Spirit of God, by the Word of God. Say it right now. Just right now. Write it on the wall. Tell me who you are and where you're from. Make this your declaration. I am perfectly covered. As a matter of fact, you can say this. I remove the old garments. I put on the new garments. I remove the garment of despair. And I place, I feel God placing on me right now as I speak the garment of praise. Let God dress you. Listen, remember Adam and Eve? And don't tell me, but I screwed up, I messed up. When Adam and Eve really blew it in the Garden of Eden, guess who knew their dress sizes? The Bible says that God became a tailor. God dressed them. I don't know if you're getting this. He did not leave them naked. He dressed them. The first tailor in all of Scripture is God. God the tailor. Let me introduce you on this Palm Sunday to God, the tailor who dresses you, who will never leave you exposed, who will never humiliate you and shame you. Therefore, now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for those that receive what Christ did for us. Let him dress you. Right now, the Holy Spirit is filling your house, your home right there. I'm, I am animated because I feel the Spirit of God dressing people right now with love and faith and hope and strength and joy with patience and meekness and goodness and gentleness and temperance with mercy with faith by the way as he dresses you don't be surprised because right around him there are a couple of powerful elements entering your room goodness and mercy just showed up and by the way they will follow you all the days of your life so receive this right now go ahead on the wall on this Facebook wall, Instagram, wherever you're at, just tell me who you are, where you're from, and just say, I received this. I am perfectly covered by the king. Just put the following, the king covers me, exclamation point. The king has me covered, exclamation point. Receive that word right now. Receive it. When the king dresses you, no man can strip you. Isaiah 61, verse 3. What God blesses, no man can curse. What God delivers, no man can bind. And what God saves, no man can condemn. The king, the tailor king is in the house. Who's your covering? Jesus, the king, is my covering. And the final point here, in a minute, the donkey or the horse. Go into the village, untie the donkey, they said. Jesus told his disciples to go into the village and untie the donkey. The colt was there. The colt was new. Yet it was bound. Listen to me carefully. Jesus said, go, you'll find it. It's your job to untie it. Your job and my job is to untie it. He provides it. We untie it. You want God to untie it for you? That's the way the world works. That's the way this relationship works. God provides it. We untie it. He delivers the, the heavenly Amazon Prime package to your doorstep. But it's your job to open up the door, pick it up, and open it. It's your job to open it. God has already delivered so much for you. It is your job to untie it. Abraham, loosen the ram, untie the ram. He provided the ram. When Lazarus, his friend, resurrected, he said, Lazarus, and he told his friends, untie him. It is your job and my job to untie it. Matthew says, what we bind on earth shall be bound. What we release, what we untie, what we loosen shall be loosened. How do we release it, Pastor Sam? With your faith. 
right now with the words that come out of your mouth. Go ahead, untie it. Go ahead, untie it. Loosen. Loosen your family members to experience the saving grace of Christ. Here's the word. This is the day to loosen, to untie your anointing, your family, your finances. Untie your promotion, your healing, your health. His holiness in you, for you, and through you. Untie biblical justice. Untie love, joy, and peace. Loosen it in the name of Jesus. Right now, I dare you to say my family is free. My home is free. My mind is free. My heart is free. My purpose, my passion, my promise, my worship, my praise is free. Untie it right now in Jesus' name. And I conclude with this. Woo. Jesus came into Jerusalem on a donkey. On a donkey. Yep, that's what he did. Over 2,000 years ago, he came in on a donkey. Yep, the next time that Jesus comes into Jerusalem and all the cameras of the various news networks will cover him, CNN, Fox, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS, Univision, Telemundo. We don't discriminate. If all of these cameras are on him, let me assure you, he won't be coming back on a donkey. The next time that the world sees Jesus entering Jerusalem, it won't be on a donkey. Let me tell you what it will be. Revelation says, Now I see heaven open, and behold a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness, he is the one that judges and makes war. Woo, here we go. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. White horses, no donkeys. Here we go, here we go. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, talking about holy tattoos, baby, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's riding on a white horse. He's riding on a white horse. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready because the king is coming. The king is coming again. And he's not coming back on a donkey. The next time we see him coming, it's not going to be on a donkey. It's not going to be on a colt. It's not going to be on any of that. He's coming back on a horse. He's coming back riding on a white horse. And he has an army with him of those who have been redeemed riding with him on a white horse. I need you and I to get ready. Come on. Saddle up, baby. Because when we come back with him, I, I want you to imagine every principality and power of darkness. Whoever declared war on you, on your family, on your children. I want you to imagine every, every vestige from hell looking at you as you accompany Jesus. Coming in on white horses. Hey, get ready. Jesus is alive and well. He is king. Today, on this very day that we celebrate, commemorate the entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, today we recognize the fact that it's not just about a revolution. More importantly, it's about redemption. It's about redemption that can only take place through the grace and the gift and the glory that is Christ Jesus. Today, we acknowledge the fact Full, completely acknowledge the fact that the covering upon our lives is a covering that cannot be broken. It's a covering that will never waste away. You are perfectly covered by the grace of God. You and your family are under the shadow of the Almighty. You are covered. And your garment of despair, your spirit of despair today is replaced by a garment of praise. He came in on a donkey. He's coming back. The world will see him on a horse. Receive this word. 
Father, there are people right now. There are people that need a new garment. There are people that need new covering. Provide that right now. Remove the garment of despair and brokenness, of anxiety, of angst and depression, of sadness, of brokenness. Replace it right now in the name of Jesus. We love you. Tell me your name, where you're from. If this word was for you, say amen right now. Instagram, Facebook, say amen. We'll see you Wednesday for midweek, next Sunday for Easter. May the strength of the Father, the grace of the Son, the anointing of God's Holy Spirit make this week the best week of your life. Hey, new season, all of our friends and followers, let's do one thing together. Let's go change the world.